Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Ruther, coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey Nochel Prano. Hello, Andy. Uh, good late morning to you. Thank you, sir. You're back. Good, good early You're afternoon back. to you. Yes, I am back. You're back and you're battled and you're bruised and your team fucking sucks. Well, we can we can go we can get to that. <laughs> we can get. I we mean, can... I mean, let, let, can I just hop into it? We're gonna we are gonna get to it at this point. At the Giants are two and seven, and I don't know why I followed you. I, you know, I'm I'm actually gonna blame you. I followed your lead, and I and I and my pick six, and I took the Giants. I should have thought the Raiders are gonna be turned because they don't have Josh McDaniels. We both took the Giants the cover. At this point, you you want to you want to get the best quarterback, don't you? Hundred percent. At this, I mean, I I said that. Um, I mean, not not just after last week with the the way the Jets game ended, but you know, going back pretty like pretty early that that Seahawks loss really like to me was the end of the season, unless they had gone on a little run, which they obviously didn't do. They had it's crazy, but as bad as the year has been, like. You like a one yard run, like having the it's it's a, just a very weird. It's been a very weird year. It's almost like Dable's like not even the same guy. In that, like he started off last year going for two in week one against the Titans for the win. The Giants were essentially trusting Saquon Barkley to get one yard away from beating the Bills and beating the Jets, and then it's a whole fucking different season. And instead. All, all the things, all the injuries, all the losses, all the at this point, yeah. Now you just you need you want them to lose out because Daniel Jones tears an ACL. It would he even be back for camp next year? Even if he was, what's the situation like? It's a nightmare. I posted on my Instagram, and it's hundred percent true. Like I can count on one hand the amount of sporting events I've left early early um i can't even really think of a mets giants knicks game that i've left early i can't think of one win or lose i'm sure maybe there was like some mid-august 100 degree shea stadium shitty mets performances that i bailed but like not in the sixth inning not in the seventh inning Oh, I'll beat the traffic by half an inning, maybe. Um, I left. I left the game w- with over ten minutes to go in the third quarter yesterday. In the third quarter, what was the score at halftime? Uh, I believe it was twenty-four nothing, or was it twenty-one nothing? And then they kicked a field goal to start the. They might have kicked a field goal to start the third. So. Right. Okay. So right now, so Daniel Jones was, you know, playing. Well, he's been injured a bunch in his career. He's been injured, obviously, a bunch this year as well. 
Like at this point. Well, at what, this point, the I want to hear what you have to say about these this contract, though. Are, are you are you ready to say that's a, that was a stupid contract, or you still think it was a good contract? Well, I guess the you know there's it's impossible for me to say like if Patrick Mahomes had gotten hurt the, the second after he signed his deal, is it a bad contract? It's like the injury can't be the thing that you decide is the reason it's a bad contract, right? Sure, but but my point is he he never had played a full. Now last year he was close. I mean, played unless did they sit him the last week? Yeah. So last year he did play a full season, but he has had an injury history. Is my point right? And not there's there's a couple of different injury history type of players, right? Um, Daniel Jones obviously is a guy that they're making run the ball uh, throughout his career because they need to to win. But then you've also got like, I mean, this last year they have the line that everything kind of came together last year. And you're like, oh, this is what this team could be. And then you start this year. You, you, I mean, they've played what? It's nine games. I bet you they've had 30 offensive line combos. Like that's not even a joke. Like from guys moving position to position, I mean, I think they've had six or seven starting offensive line changes. Like, they did him no favors in that regard. And I go back to the same thing. It's like, you can say, oh, he got $40 million. Sure, if you want to look at it like that. Um, you know, there's guys on the bench in the NBA right now that are making more than Michael Jordan made in his MVP season. Like, $40 million. More importantly, he's the 13th highest paid quarterback in the league. And it's like, so they didn't like go breaking the bank. And I just don't know how, like, it seems crazy to be like, they shouldn't have done that. Like, how do you say that? What should they have done then? You know? So at this point, it doesn't really matter about that conversation though, because he's not going to be starting next year from an injury anyway. Now, my bigger issue when it comes to the Giants and the quarterback situation and all that is like, this is where we're at. You go in, you go into a game with a guy who just came off IR and the backup quarterback you have for him is the guy you didn't think was capable of throwing a forward pass last week. You went Newt Rockney offense. You're like, no run plays only and you had a week and you're like Daniel Jones is back from a neck injury <laughs> let's roll out fucking Tommy the Gooch again it, like oh we had they signed Matt Barkley to the practice squad it's like okay where is he it is amazing I Josh saw Dobbs came in and they just talked him through place well, no, I was going to say it's a well, first of all, it's amazing that Matt Barkley is still in the NFL, right? Like he might start this week. They haven't named a starter for the Giants. That that first of all is amazing. Secondly, it's amazing that Danny DeVito has a sibling that could be in the NFL. And somehow have... worse than current day Danny DeVito. <laughs> Who is great in the Jersey Mike's commercials for the record? I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Are you a fan? Have you seen him? Yeah. 
I mean, I mean, I'm a fan of just about everything Danny DeVito's ever done. Yeah, for sure. So at this point, it is a rich quarterback class, they say. I don't know, because I don't follow it closely enough. So you would just want to, in a way, lose the rest of your games, right? And right now, I think they'd be like picking fourth or fifth or something like that. And yeah, it's a quarterback rich class, but I wouldn't say it's so it's so deep that you can just like wait where you are, even though most every team in the league at this point has kind of gone for the quarterback. I mean, I guess you're you're worried about Arizona, right? I, I don't know. Are you worried about the Bears? The Bears are drafting a quarterback, like probably, right? Who you else? know, I, I've never seen so much uncertainty about who's the shittiest team slash uncertainty. And I want to talk about this today. Teams that just drafted a QB in the last few years and fucking suck. And you're like, did they draft the wrong guy? Are we already going to draft somebody? Arizona's one of them. Chicago Bears are another one. I know it's year one. Bryce Young sucks. Like, he sucks right now. And but I know, I mean, again, listen, Trevor Lawrence didn't play great his rookie year. I think he played better, but maybe I, I don't know the stats. I just sure. felt like from an eye, from like a visual perspective, perception, he's struggling. Yeah, he's struggling. But also, they're bad. For sure. But like, He's struggling, man. Now, CJ Stroud is balling out. CJ Stroud is trying to debunk the. Ohio oh, State. It's, it's debunked. I mean, well, it's, I wouldn't say it's debunked the Ohio State thing, but he is, he is certainly, he is, he has separated himself from the Ohio, the, the, the typical Ohio State quarterback. He's do, you, do, you, do, you, do you know the backstory on the, the, the Arizona or uh, Carolina? Have you heard this? So the backstory supposedly is that Carolina wanted CJ Stroud as far as the management and the owner, David Tepper allegedly said no and went for Bryce young because of course, billionaires understand football players and talent and talent evaluation. Right now. I That's the rumor. I don't know if it's true. I think that there you're, CJ Stroud right now has, I mean, he's having one of the best quarterback rookie seasons ever. Ever. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think that gap, which is as basically as wide as it could be in terms of rookie quarterback class, I think that gap is a lot smaller if CJ Stroud goes to the Panthers and Bryce Young goes to the Texans. No, and that's, and that's a fair point. That's a fair point. Not saying that CJ Stroud still wouldn't be aggressively outplaying Bryce Young, but still. And the Cardinals, it seems like they want to move on from Kyler Murray. Uh, they, they don't even want to put him on the field. Yet they've given him all that guaranteed money. It's, it's, it's the, that's the, the, the flip side of what you just said. It's like, Oh, Bryce Young struggling and blah blah blah. It's like, well, you if you I think you got you got to give these guys a chance to develop in either direction. For sure. Right? Like CJ Stroud looks like he's legit as fuck, especially on a Texans team in a Texas organization, Texans organization that isn't very well run 
in compared to a lot of teams. Yeah. But, um, you know, Kyler Murray came out. They had, uh, they had a bunch of players there. They got a bunch of players to surround him. He played pretty well. They make a little playoff run and now you're in. And it's like, how good was he? You know? Yeah. I don't know. But, but I think the, the reason I like this discussion is because it bodes well for the future. And that'll kind of segue into Caleb Williams and that discussion, not about college, but about NFL. Cause I think that's where the discussion went with him sobbing on the sideline. And then everybody wanted to chime in on what RG three had to say on Twitter you know, RG3 posted the video, which I can uh, show right here. You know, he's sobbing with his parents in the stands after they lose to Washington in a total shootout, 52 to 42. So he's obviously very emotional. He's crying. And then... RG3 tweeted, watching Caleb Williams sobbing with his family after losing the game will break your heart. This young man pours his heart out for his team every time he plays. Any NFL team would be lucky to have him as their QB, and this emotion shows how much the game means to him. So that that turned into like a hot-button discussion. Does this hurt his draft, Scott? Doc? Does it help? Does it matter? Does his open emotion right here, you know, like what, like what does this play into his draft? Well, if I'm a talent evaluator, I just don't give a shit at all. So you don't care? I don't give a shit at all one way or the other. Honestly, uh, you know, RG3's point is just kind of dumb. Like, I honestly don't care if you, like, live and die with every game. Nikola Jokic would, would quit playing basketball, like, tomorrow. He doesn't seem to give a fuck at all. He's the MVP of the league. The team just won won it all. He dominates. It doesn't seem like he even likes playing basketball. He's like, I'm too big. I'm too large a man to be a fucking pastry chef. I just won't fit in the kitchen. <laughs> I want to be a horse jockey, but I sat on a horse once and it collapsed. So I guess I'm a basketball player. Like, I don't give a shit if you're like a ride or die fucking I live to win football games. Like, to me, that's always, like, you know, it it, it 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 feels like, to me, those guys, it's always like, yeah, maybe you're like that because you're just, like, not talented enough that you don't have to create the thing. Like, the whole Tom Brady, like, oh, he fucking needs the, the, the thing to keep him going. Or Michael Jordan, like, needs the guy on the sideline to, like, shit talk him so then he can write in his diary that he's going to ruin the life of the six man on the fucking bullets next two, two Wednesdays from now. Meanwhile, LeBron James is just like, Hey man, um, I don't know. Should I just like dominate basketball games? I could take it or leave it. Like, but, but I, I think, I think the discussion here, I, I know what you're saying. None of those guys, like some, like those guys show emotion, but nothing. I, I think this is something new. The, the emotion as far as the grief, I don't know. I don't know how, how else to put it. Like the grief after losing, but but like I think there's a lot of factors. One, 
like you already had two losses and you lost in a shootout. This wasn't for the national title. I, I don't know. Like I, I am, I, I do think people, I, I think talent evaluators would think about this stuff though. Well, I mean, look, but you know what? Talent evaluators always think about this stuff and they always shoot themselves in the foot. Guess what? The Eagles are eight and one and their defense has some issues, but boy, is it held up by the fact that Jalen Carter fell to them when they're, they're the NFC champions. They played in the Super Bowl. The guy who could have been the one, but they're like, well, he got into a fucking thing. And they're like, we don't give a shit. We don't care. No, I, I, I know. But the only reason I'm bringing this up, I think it's a discussion because the quarterback is supposed to be the cool, calm. And I'm, and personally, I'm not knocking anybody. Like, I'm a very emotional person. I always have been. So this isn't about, like, but I'm also not a quarterback. Does that make sense? It's it, yeah. it's kind of like, and, and I thought about this analogy, and I don't know if it's if it's apt here for for this or not, but it's like, when my dad died, I could never have been the executor because I couldn't have emotionally handled that. Does that make sense? Like that would have been too much for me emotionally. And I'm just comparing this to the quarterback of the level-headed. And the truth is, I do think of the Manning brothers, Tom Brady. Now, Tom Brady had his outburst for sure. Joe Montana, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow. My point is like, these guys are pretty even keel good or bad. So I think that's why people are having this discussion about a quarterback. Listen, I think that the conversation that RG three brought up is dumb. Okay. Like the, the idea that this is, this is some, Oh, look at this. This means he's going to care. I'm like he should care. It costs, he's going to get paid millions of dollars to care. It's, it's horrifically dumb. In my opinion, I think the flip side is even dumber. It's even dumber. Like, a college kid can't get emotional after a game because maybe he doesn't have the ability to keep his emotions in check in the NFL. Well, you don't want Caleb Williams to be your fucking, like, it's not about what, what Caleb Williams does at 21 or 22. It's what Caleb Williams does at 27. No, and, and I know, but again, do you see my point? of why I think this is a discussion with people and why I'm basically having it here is saying the quarterback position, you'd agree, right? You don't want to get too high and you don't want to get too low, right? The term they always use is short-term memory. You might just chuck a terrible pick, but the great quarterbacks say, okay, I'm going to go out there. I have a short-term memory. I don't remember that happening. And now I'm going to drive down the field. I think that's why people are having this. Dude, are you... Too emotional. But also, this is after the game. He's not okay. sobbing his mom's arms in the middle of the third quarter. And that's a fair point. I mean, is is this not like Michael Jordan was laying on the floor of the locker room, sure. like like dry humping the trophy, sobbing all over it? You remember that? Yeah, Everyone's like, there he is, the ultimate competitor. He's been working his whole life for this, and here's where the emotion pours out. Nikola Jokic won his first title. And he was like, can I go home now? May, may I leave country to go back home? I miss home. They're like, uh, yeah, I guess you could leave the parades in a couple days. He's like, uh, parade seems stupid. 
You you hold trophy. I go home. Okay, have fun. Bye. Like to me, it's like uh, dominating athletes come in all shapes and sizes. No, I got you. I I just I I. But I'm glad this is a good conversation. I just wanted to have this conversation since it seems like everyone else is having it. I think the hot take of like I'll never draft this guy because of this. I'm like, okay. Well, you're dumb. But don't you see my point? I think that's a valid point of, and I know we're comparing professionals to a 21-year-old. I, I just, my point was that these great quarterbacks, like I said, never get too high, never get too low. And, and maybe that's a personal move. Maybe we don't know what's going on in the locker room after but also, the game. And also, you know, this is, this is the conversation that, like, sadly, like the dumbest of the dumb people make it. And it's like, oh, these these Gen Zers are so fucking soft these days. And it's like, is it soft or is it being told like, you know, you're allowed to do this? Like, you know, the USC coach, unlike Bobby Knight, isn't like showing up to his locker after the game. He's like, were you fucking crying out there? He's like, is that a knife coach? He's like, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to cut out your heart and feed it to your fucking teammates. You fucking pussy bitch. And he's like. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's 2023. Like men can cry now. It's okay. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I just see. No, no. And, and like I said, I, I am, I'm, I'm a total crier myself. That's why I'm just bringing all this. Cause I think it's, it, it's a conversation that I think should be examined from all angles. Like we're doing, that's all I'm bringing up personally. I mean, listen, it it wouldn't like, like if I'm a draft, if I'm a talent scout, it doesn't affect me either. I just want to bring up all the intangibles. Let me ask you something, Andy, right now. Okay. Let's say healthy, healthy right now. Week one next year, Daniel Jones, hundred percent healthy. Caleb Williams, hundred percent healthy. Who do you think should be the, who do you, who would you choose as the quarterback of the New York Giants? Like just for that game? Just to to start week one for the you know he's your week one starter. For well, the I'd, season. I'd I'd go for the season. Yeah, he's your week one starter. You've announced your starter. Okay, I would most likely go with the guy who has experience. You'd go with you go with Daniel Jones over Caleb Williams. For yeah, I'm talking about you're the you're the you're the you're the GM of the New York Football Giants. Yeah, that's Giants. what I'm saying. So you, I'm you're... saying I'm saying right now. I'm not saying to start the whole year. I like when guys maybe you can have somebody who has had experience, especially if somebody who's won a playoff game. Okay. My point with that question is I think a lot of people would say the giants would be way better off if they could have Caleb Williams going forward than if they have Daniel Jones going forward. Now you're talking about a situation in which he sits under him for a little while, blah, blah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. That's what I'm but saying. my, the reason I brought it up is Daniel Jones has been through a lot of shit with the New York giants. He has, been you know uh uh like he's been the poster child for like unprotected by his offensive line he's gone through multiple coaches multiple offense coordinators a ton of bad luck a ton of injuries a ton of hits he's never showed any he's he's the eli manning of emotion he's just okay i just got sacked for the ninth time get up again I'm not going to yell at my offensive line I'm not going to fucking scream at a head coach on the sideline I'm not going to whatever so 
he's not he's not an emotional roller coaster as, along with Caleb Williams, uh, like as compared to Caleb Williams. And I think a lot of people would be like, "All right, we'll take the guy who's crying." Yeah, and that, and that's a fair point too. I'm not saying like for me, there isn't a right or wrong answer with emotion. I I just I think this is a new arena for this discussion because we are finally to the point where men can show emotion, which I personally think is good. You can talk about show, show that kind of emotion. That kind of, you've always been able to spit in guys faces and scream at them, but yeah, show disappointment. Yeah. Show hurt, show pain, show tears. You know, I, I have no problem with that. I mean, I think that the idea that that is some sort of sign of something, it's like, listen, you're going to do your due diligence on these guys. Like, Listen, if I was a GM of a football team and I had to draft a quarterback this year, I'd be talking to my scouting staff a lot more about Caleb Williams' tendency to turn the ball over when he plays good teams than I would him crying with his mom. Yeah, I'd be like, is there something there? Is he not, you know... Is he just another one of these big school guys? He's protected all the time. He he carves up shitty defenses, but when the going gets tough, he's he doesn't have that 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 gene. He doesn't play up to his competition because he's really good and he's going to be drafted to a shitty team and we're going to need him to play up to his competition. Um I'd be like, "So, let's focus all our attention on that. Let me see the tape on what that is. Talk to me about that." They're like, "He was crying with his mom." I'm like, "I don't care." Pull up the Notre Dame film. Yeah. Well, I would like to discuss our contenders halfway through the year. Because we're halfway through the year. And this can change. This is not set in stone. But I, I have my six teams, four from the AFC, two from the NFC. None of these are major surprises. Who I think can make the Super Bowl. And I don't see myself really deviating from this list of six teams. So I, I have a hypothetical that I was thinking about last night. And I think it'd be a fun one for you to play, for me to play as well, and then for the dirt balls to think about this at home. Let's, I don't know, pick a number. Let's say 50 people or 100 people. Let's say every dirt ball who's thinking about this, think about, you know, all the guys in your fantasy league or all your friends that you watch football with. Here's, here's a hypothetical situation I want to give you. Andy, you can pick as many teams as you want to win the Super Bowl. You can take all 30 teams in the NFL. You could 30, take 32. 32 teams in the NFL. You could take the six contenders that you've narrowed down to. You could take anywhere in between. You could take less. Here is the, here is the scenario. Everybody in this 100-person group is going to put in $1,000. And you can all pick as many teams as you want. And if a team from your group wins the Super Bowl, you are eligible for all of the money. But the person who wins is the person who took the smallest group of teams. So if you pick two teams to potentially win the Super Bowl and one of those teams wins, you get all the money. I got you pick you. one. Okay, so now, how many teams are you picking for that? If you're competing, and what and who are those teams? So you've changed my six teams. I have changed your six teams. 
Now we can go back to your six teams after this. I just think this is a fun hypothetical. It's there's a little gamesmanship, right? You're like, okay, I think all these teams could win, but like if I pick my six, there's bound to be somebody that takes five and that one team's out, you know. I'd probably maybe drop down to five for my six. So so my six teams right now. Let again, me tell you my strategy if I was in this hypothetical. I'd take the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. Beat me. That's that's a fair point. No one's going less teams than me. I think I got a what 60 40 chance of taking this whole thing now. So here's the thing about the Chiefs this year. This is the best defense they've ever had under Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Which makes them scary because the offense isn't in step. I don't know if you saw this stat. They showed the stat yesterday, the game in Germany. It's amazing. The amount of, I think, was it touchdowns or 20 yard plays? Patrick Mahomes had with Tyreek Hill and then the last two years it's they they don't do big plays they just don't anymore that's not a Chiefs thing that's not how the offense is run they're going to drive down the field chunk yards but with the defense now and defense making plays defense scoring touchdowns they're for sure in my list right so if I took the AFC Thanks, I'm man. saying Good it's job. obviously Chiefs, Ravens, Bengals, Jags. I'm not really going to deviate. I think it's those four teams. And I had a discussion with a buddy today about the Bills. And I said, dude, I think they missed their window. I know you're not going to like this Bills Mafia. I honestly go back to that Chiefs-Bills game. That might have been your window. The Bengals seem to own you. These really aren't games, right? Like the last two. No. Bengals have dominated from start to finish. And I'm not worried about them beating the Chiefs. Josh Allen just turns the ball. I mean, that interception last night, and I think they did, they Bengals, either they got a field goal or no points out of it. So the Bills were, you know, they got lucky. But my point is, he makes too many reckless decisions, right? So the Bills are out for me. And and the Dolphins are literally, if you looked up Paper Tiger in the dictionary or Urban Dictionary, it's the Dolphins. They're 6-3. and three. I think they said the stat during the game. The Dolphins are averaging 39 points in all six wins, which are against terrible teams, all with losing records. And their three losses, they're averaging like 17 or 19 points a game. Yeah. They, they, can't, they can't compete with the big boys. The Dolphins are out. Jags are young. I think it helps that they're in a weak division. And the Ravens are playing great, but that what's that giant question mark? You and I both know it. Can right. Lamar Jackson play? Well, that's why if, if I was if I was playing out the scenario I had, which is I think that the Ravens can beat any of these. Uh, I agree that that's the that's where the list starts and ends. But I'm gonna I'm gonna clip a couple teams from that list because okay. The, the the Bills have already been clipped. Okay. The Dolphins have already been clipped. The we Jets agree. aren't the Jets aren't contenders. And you know, unless fucking I guess Aaron Rodgers comes back, but even that, like, what are we talking about? Um, so I just don't see I I I think the Ravens could beat any of the teams you listed in a playoff game. 
I'm just not sure that they could beat all of the teams you listed in a playoff game. If you go one, two, like if they got to run this table, right? So, I just don't. I just don't believe that. So now I'm taking the Ravens off that list. Mm. Just to be a contender, I think that they, I they think they could beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead in a playoff game. But then if they got to go play the the Bengals, can they do that in back to back weeks? The Jags look okay. They look pretty nice. But I think that you said helps that they're in a weak division, helps that they're in a weak division, or also propped up a little bit by the weak division. I'm also clipping the Jags from the list. I think it's a little too soon. I just don't think they've got the playmakers to, again, like they could have beaten a Chiefs team last year, but are they going to beat a Chiefs team and a Bengals team in the playoffs? Truly, the AFC for me at this point is kind of the Chiefs and the Bengals in terms of teams that I really believe can beat all of these teams one week after the other. Yeah. Now, look, I wasn't, quote-unquote, drinking the Kool-Aid last week. Oh, boy, Andy Ruther didn't like it. Obviously, I am way more now. I think I forgot how good Joe Burrow was. I know it sounds stupid. And I'm like, oh, wait, he hasn't been fully healthy. But this brings me to another point, which... Obviously, we'll discuss NFC. I think we both agree. The only two teams I think can make it to the Super Bowl from the NFC, I still stick by Eagles or Niners. I'm not sorry, Lions fans. Not giving you any chance. And Cowboys, I just, I can't with, we just talked about turnovers. Dak in the playoffs. I just don't trust it. Well, that was their opportunity last night, right? To prove us wrong. You get down there. I think they have the ball at like the six yard line at the end of the game. And next thing you know, they're going from fourth and 20 whatever from the 20 something yard line you I, I and listen you can say oh well, what the fuck is it supposed to do? like you threw the ball short of the goal line to end the game fourth down you step out of bounds like the, there's it's just those little things you got mike mccarthy that was your opportunity that was your game that was your show me game the eagles have not impressed me at eight one still they're just like they're playing these games week in week, but like if you're the Cowboys, that's your opportunity to say, okay, this team has holes. This team, we can move the ball on this team. We still a win here. You didn't do it. That's the the Cowboys are going to have to play again four of those games in the playoffs. Well, and and that again, that'll bring me to this point. I did a little research because I had to, because I I already knew where this conversation would go when we talk about these teams. The importance of home field advantage is, is, is I feel like, I know it sounds crazy. I feel like it's not stated enough. Patrick Mahomes has been to five AFC championship games. He's played every single one at home. Every single one, right? And he's three and two in those games. Tom Brady made 13 AFC championship games. I looked it up. Guess how many times Tom Brady made to the Super Bowl as an away team? Just twice. This is why having the best record now is so important. We saw it last year. The numbers don't lie if you want to look at the whole history. It's almost 69% of the home team winning in the championship game for each conference. So we're damn near 70%. And this is why teams like the Bengals starting 0-2 
I think, you know what? You fuck yourself, man. You fuck yourself year after year because the numbers don't lie is my point. And, and you bring it up. I think they could run the gauntlet on the road if they had to, but it's not easy, right? Like, I, I don't think people place... I think also if you're talking about look at look at the teams that made the Super Bowl last year. You don't want to go to Arrowhead on Championship Weekend. No. You don't want to go to Philadelphia on Championship Weekend. Now, let's say you're the Bengals and that Jags team goes out and and shocks a a, a Kansas City team and we in in the second round of the playoffs like they almost did last year. I don't think you're as worried suddenly about going to Jacksonville. But when you're talking about the teams right now that are leading both conferences, those are not teams you want to see at home all playoffs with an extra week. No. And that's what I'm saying. That's why it's so interesting to I me. I mean, and you look at you look at San Francisco. I mean, I still think San Francisco, when healthy, is the best team in the NFC. But you're going west to east and playing in Philly. Yeah, I mean they're two games back now. You know, with eight games to go, that's that's not easy ground to make up. And again, that's why these when they moved from just one team getting a buy from two, I, I really think you know we're really early on this, but I just think you I, I can't un, you know you can't state the importance enough of having that home field advantage. And you could argue probably the same for the Ravens, right? If you're the Bengals, if you're the Bengals, you a division rival, you don't want to go to Baltimore in an AFC championship game. So every team in the AFC North is five and three. I'm sorry. It has at least five wins. How many of those teams actually make the playoffs? Do they get three teams in? It feels like they probably do because, well, I guess the question is, you got seven teams, right? So you got the four division winners, and then you have three wild cards. Right now, again, it's real early, and this is going to change, but right now the three would be in. The Bengals would be the seventh seed. And who and take me through the seeds right now. It'd be Kansas City one, Baltimore two, Jacksonville three, Miami four. They're still leading the division. Pittsburgh five, Brown six, Bengals seven. It feels crazy for there not to be two teams to get in from the AFC East, but when you look at the fact that the Bills are playing how they're playing and Jackson and and Zach Wilson is the quarterback of the Jets, it is reasonable. Now, also, with Miami, like, somebody could also overtake Miami. But, yeah, I mean. You know Miami is to me? You know I thought about this yesterday? So I drive a Corolla hatchback, right? A very economical, practical car. Nothing special. In fact, my girlfriend hates it. She's on record saying she's embarrassed to get in it. Wow. Why? Yeah. What does your girlfriend drive, by the way? A little hotty toddy. I know. Take a guess what she drives. Uh, now I'm now I'm very curious. Is she like 
Now I'm like, what way does this go? Is she in like a Ford F-150 or is she like, is she like Tokyo drifting? And she's got like a spoiler on some like. No, she she's in an older Mercedes-Benz C-Class. Okay. So like nothing like a 2013. But but it finally came out how she didn't like how small my car was. And, and then on record, you said embarrassed, which makes me want to keep this car forever. You're a small man with small hands and a small dog. Like what what like what what I, does she want you to be driving? I couldn't agree more. And even though it's a small car, it fits the baby seat, right? It fits Isla when I pick her up. Do I have to move the one front seat up a little? Yeah. <laughs> you know, was it perfect for a little Venice Beach, right? You know how it is. A little beach car, parking's not easy. So that aside, which by the way is disrespectful to the hatch. The hatch is a great car and it runs well and doesn't have issues. And for the record, I hate her car. Talk about hate. You talk about a pain in the ass car, a Mercedes. Like it's all, oh, it's show. Look at this. It's a Mercedes. Dude, you have to take it to the Mercedes dealer for so much of the work. They upcharge it. It's all, it's bullshit. I, I would never ever buy a Mercedes after. Well, the, the listen. Here's the thing: the the window on Mercedes is closed. It used to be there used 100%. to just be so much care and in in Mercedes and BMWs, and there's a reason you took it to the thing. Then, just like everybody else, I mean, the the cars these days, you look at it like the fucking Ford Explorer looks like a Range Rover. A hundred percent. And 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 honestly, I've driven the Ford Explorer. My sister has a high-end Ford Explorer and I've driven the Range Rover. I take the Ford Explorer. I take the high-end Ford Explorer every fucking day of the week because those cars just keep trying to find a way to like improve. And the, those, you know, the, the, what used to be quote unquote luxury cars, unless you go crazy high-end version of it, you're not, they're just like resting on laurels and they're selling you on the, the, name. On the emblem. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. So I had an Audi back in the day and it was like a fan, but like these days, like, dude, you would be better off. No, no joke. Buying like a 20 year old Toyota Forerunner than you would buying like a 10 year old Mercedes Benz. A hundred percent. You buy a 10 year old Mercedes or Audi or, or Range Rover right now. You <laughs> take your money, throw it in the middle of the room. Like they, they, that's the Daniel Jones contract. <laughs> That's forty million dollars you just spent, and it's not going to work. Well, even even the, you know the local shop that I take my cars to and her car. I mean, the guy said the same thing. He's like, "Dude, I took her car," and he's like, "He's like Mercedes BMW. That's the thing." He's like, "My wife just forced me." The mechanic there is like, "Oh, she was hell bent on getting one, and it's just a money pit, man." He's like, "I a hundred percent would have anything Toyota or Honda over this," but. The reason I'm bringing this up, so I got a Corolla hatchback, right? Nothing special, not an expensive car. But to me, the Dolphins are if I put all the bells and whistles, got the nice yeah, leather seat, the sunroof. Like, like if I if I really put like when I bought my car and they were really trying to upsell me on the hatch, I was like, guys, it's a hatch. We're not doing leather seats. Right. We're not doing the sunroof. We're not doing this and that. It's a hatchback. To me, that's what the Vikings are. The Dolphins. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the Vikings are. I don't know what yeah. car they are. 
Well, the, yeah, it's like the Dolphins really like they. It's it's one of those things like all the you know you see like that that the whole like Fast and the Furious like fucking they put all this money into their like Toyota Corolla hatchback, drop it down. They put all this shit in, and now we're skipping skip over the fake used to be, used to be luxury cars of a Mercedes and BMW or whatever. There are still some luxury cars that have not fallen off. I mean, you talk about you pull up to a stoplight with your Miami Dolphins fucking Toyota pimped out Toyota. You put that you put a new engine in it or whatever. Some guy who still has the sticker on the window in his Ferrari is like, you want to get absolutely fucking dusted, dog? (laughs) (laughs) I'm the Kansas City Chiefs. (laughs) And for the record, I'm not trying to throw. She's not a rich girl. Yeah, She, she doesn't come from money. I think it was. You know, she was a pharmacist, and this was like the first big splurge, and and it wasn't even new; it was used. I I, I think they they tricked. She's gonna hear this, and I can't wait for this conversation. But but you, you know how you said it? It's like she was hell bent on that. Hey, I went through four extra years of college, pharmacy school. I'm gonna now make a decent salary. I'm gonna get a nice car at the time, and it was like Mercedes. I've always wanted a Mercedes. That's probably what she thought. Well, she should have got the hatchback, Joe. Well, what she what she should have done is she should have gotten like an '87 Mercedes diesel. That shit is still that shit will run until the fucking the end of time. There'll be there'll just be cockroaches and old diesel Mercedes. But what are the Vikings? I, I accidentally said the Vikings. Somebody said on YouTube. I don't even know what this is. The Vikings are barn find 1989 <laughs> Eagle Talon with 3,500 miles on it. I don't know, but let me tell you where I'm at with the Vikings right now. This is where I'm at. This, so the NFC North is such a uh, uh, an interesting place for me. I am now all in on the Vikings. This is how I want the NFC North to play out. All in on the Vikings. Josh Dobbs comes in, saves the day. Doesn't know, He's teaching his offensive lineman the cadence on the sideline. The Vikings feel scrappy. The Vikings steal a win from the Lions somewhere along the way. Maybe play spoiler to a Lions season, sneak in the playoffs. Maybe even win a sneaky upset playoff game. Maybe even beat the Lions in a playoff game. Whoa. And then the Vikings immediately go back to Kirk Cousins and never win another playoff game again because they hate themselves. They fucking hate themselves. I am rooting for the Josh Dobbs Cinderella fucking season and then the Vikings to do what there's are it's already out there. The talks are already out there. Vikings interested in re-sign in extending Kirk Cousins. Dude, this guy comes in, he doesn't know the fucking offense. He didn't pray to Jesus for somebody to tell him it. He sat there with his offensive line on the sideline, went through his cadence, getting the calls from the fucking coach. I'm I'm rooting for Cinderella Josh Dobbs year immediate extension of Kirk Cousins and never winning another playoff game. I want you guys to have joy. I want you to have happiness. I want you to taste what could have been. I want Case Keenum except without eyebrows. I want <laughs> I want the miracle in Minnesota. And then I want you guys to extend Kirk Cousins and I want you to rot in hell forever. Dude, yeah. how, you know how you know how happy I'd be if the if the Cinderella Dobbs season were the ones that end up spoiling the Detroit Lions grit season. That'd be pretty funny. And then 
the Minnesota Vikings pull a handgun from their briefcase, look their fans dead in the eye, and shoot themselves in the dick. And they're like, Kirk, God, we, we got, look how far we got with Josh Jobs. We got to bring back Captain Kirk. Blow your cocks off. I mean, listen, but Joe, listen to their next few games. Very winnable. At home against the Saints. At the Broncos. Home against the Bears. At the Raiders. I hope they run the fucking table, dog. The, the, I'm saying they Get could Justin go. Jefferson back. They could go three and one in those four games. And then it gets tougher to finish the year because they get the Bengals, the Lions twice. But but the point is, if if they if they did go three and one in those next four games, then they're sitting at eight and five right there for the playoffs. Well, they're they're a playoff team right now, I believe, right? They are. They're a seven seed right now. Yeah. He's actually played, I feel, fairly well. I know people are going to say, why are you doing this? I've watched Dobbs, you know, with the Sunday ticket. You'll just find random games. And for some reason, I've been interested. I think maybe it's how he looks. You know, he doesn't have eyebrows. Charlie Villanueva. Yeah, he probably has. Does he have that same condition? So. Is that what Jada Pinkett Smith claims she has? I don't know. By the way, she's on my shit list. Uh, just keep Josh Dobbs' name out your fucking mouth. Yeah, just like I, I don't care what you're doing, Jada Pinkett Smith. Like, like why, why, why? She's on my shit list. Well, she's just she's on my. I I really don't care. Why are you keep coming across my news feed? Why do you keep coming across these trends? I really don't care. Anyway, I think Dobbs has played pretty well, like given the circumstances. Yeah, but, but not just yesterday. Like no, in Arizona, he kept them in games, man. You know, he made some mistakes, but he can run. Okay, this is a nice thing to root for. I kind of like this. I'm going to hop on your uh, team for Let's this. go. I, I like this idea of Dobbs leading them to a playoff berth, even not even a win. And then they just go right back to Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I'm so here for it. Because like, we're looking up, do we deal with Dobbs? Dude, this team's really come together. The coach, man, fucking the defense is playing better. Offensive line is finally protecting. I mean, if we get Kirk back next year and then just 0-4 to start the season, trash-ass fucking over, overratedest overrated that's ever overrated. Do you remember a season where the MVP was so much in question halfway through? No. Right? Like, who the hell would be the MVP? If the if they end up like a top two seed, probably Christian McCaffrey. He scores a touchdown every fucking game. It's clearly not the Brock Purdy show anymore. Patrick Mahomes will be right there. Is Joe Bur- is our Joe Burrow picks back on? No, can't be. Yeah, it is. It's back on. It's back on. Here, here's what here's what I think the Burrow pick is back on. He said two great games. If he, if he, let's say he has three more great games in a row, which is totally possible. It's a hundred percent back on Lamar Jackson's having a nice, quiet, like pretty good year. Not MVP. Yeah. Right. 
He fumbles too much too. What if what if the what if the Texans sneak into the playoffs? Do we do is I mean, is there value in a CJ Stroud outside like wager right now? Hmm. If they snuck into the playoffs. That'd be wild, right? I mean, look, Mahomes for right. his standards isn't having the best year. But he can he's he can go on a run too. <laughs> you don't have your glasses on. Can you see this? Yeah. Dobbs is a medium cheese aloe pizza. Their balls come in with some zingers. In the YouTube comment section. Are you trying to look up the odds right now? I was I was trying to find it, but I, I didn't see anything. But I mean, right now you got passing yards. I mean, CJ Stroud is one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh. Kirk Cousins is ahead of him because you know he missed a game. But that's what I'm saying. Obviously, Cousins isn't involved in this. Right. That's what I'm, that's what I mean. Well, you you know when you would have made money. Imagine if you bet Bengals Super Bowl low at one and three, Joe Burrow MVP when they're one and three. Let me ask you something. I know people probably don't want to hear this. Tomorrow Hamlin's let's play one game. You think you think they just kept him on the team after what happened? I don't even really get it. Like, like what's going on? I and I don't follow it closely enough. What's going on? I, well, we don't know because he hasn't fucking played. Like they're acting as if he, like it's not it's not a thing where they're saying like, oh, he's not healthy enough to play because of this thing. They're acting as if he didn't he doesn't make the cut now. Like he's not good enough to play. Meanwhile, I mean, you guys were better last year. He played a lot last year. And they're decimated with injuries. The Bills have had a lot of injuries, especially defensively. Yeah. So it's very weird. I mean, I'm assuming that if you read between the lines that, like, it's a combination of not healthy. Like, the health is not – the health is hindering him from being the player he was. I mean, let's not act like he did – like, he played a lot last year. He did, yeah. And then suddenly this year he's incapable of, like – making the roster i mean you do see it happen not so much with younger players because he's a younger player right but just like last night i know obviously you were in vegas and i don't know how much you were actually watching it's like we all knew it was going to be featured so much because he's he's returning to cincinnati but i just felt like last night you know they show him they keep showing him and they, you know, the show the stat he's played in one game, and I'm like, okay, so I, I was just a little shocked because maybe the clones they can make him look like him, but they can't give him his athletic ability. So they're like, <laughs> that they're actually like, reminds we, me, we, we can't play him because that reminds me of a call. Because I'm like, I was about to say, we all know the NFL doesn't give a shit. Oh, dude, you literally died on the field. Cool, we're gonna save money. And and somebody broke down some interesting numbers, which are no surprise based on the NFL and charity and the NFL classic spin. Hey, Joe and Andy. 
Nick Treadwell calling from Spokane, Washington. Um, just this last Sunday, I heard Scott Hansen on Red Zone say that the NFL has donated $66 million to veterans charities like Wounded Warrior and Pat Tillman Foundation since 2011. I don't know if you guys heard that stat or not, but I did the math and the NFL has generated $155 billion since 2011 and 66 million is less than half of 1% of that. And I just thought that was interesting because that's basically the equivalent of a guy who makes $100,000 a year giving $40 to a charity and then bragging about it. And I just thought that seemed right up to NFL Valley to pretend to care about something but not actually do shit. Just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Thought you guys would enjoy that little stat. Love the show. Stay dirty, stay dirty boys. That's, that's a great pull, Nick. I, I, you know, it's funny. I know I thought the same thing because they were showing that stat all weekend. And I thought the same thing. I was like, wait, 66 million. But the NFL, again, brilliantly, that's their spin. Like 66 million is a lot of money. But yeah, I mean, if he like that, that is insane. Less than one percent. What is well, I mean, and, and and this is what this is what all the billionaires and all the big corporations they all do. Like that was the thing. I don't know if you heard like when Taylor Swift was on tour, they were like she was like they were like she gave three million dollars to her workers for the tour. It's like great. I and I tipped the bartender twenty dollars for the week last night when I left the comedy club. I paid a bigger percentage of my paycheck to Cheeks, the the Brad Garrett's bartender, on my way out of the club last night than Taylor Swift did. So what the fuck are we talking about here? Am I a goddamn <laughs> <Yeah>. hero? <laughs> no. And also, you know what the worst fucking part about that stat is? But again, shout out to Nick for for breaking it down. Is is like we we went through the whole fucking Kaepernick thing and we went through the whole thing and all NFL fans are like, you're not going to disrespect veterans on my watch. It's like the NFL is like spitting on veterans. <laughs> I mean, it's hilarious. It's not just that cause. And, you know, remember when they, remember when they, the, the, the NFL is giving a homeless guy a dollar and then being like, do you have change? Like, dude, I'm yeah. not trying to give you a whole buck. Like you got a cup full of change there, man. Hit me, hit me with fifty cents back. Remember, it was the same thing with the camp. Like, just give me the full dollar. He's like, give me my fucking change, motherfucker. It's a dollar or nothing. Right when it was leaked a few years ago, that was the same thing with all. Oh, the NFL donates all this to can't. They don't for cancer research and for you know good causes. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, that's that's classic, classic NFL of posturizing like they're doing so much i didn't see the taylor swift thing so it, that was what she gave to her employees or people on tour the people on yeah the truck drivers and the whatever and the whatever it's like yeah first of all it probably broke down to the fucking what per person and then also apparently the tour made a billion dollars that's insane Let me ask you something. And I know what you're going to say, but but think more of the common fan. We're talking about NFL experience. 
like, are you to the point where you would just rather watch the game at home? Is the common fan there? What do you mean? So, so this is what I mean. My brother had he was he was he was at the game last night here in Cincinnati. You know, and he was in a club seat, you know, club level where it's all free food, free booze. It was for work. But he was like, and I'm just, I'm just, I'm talking about the common fan. When I say common fan, I'm talking to him, not like die hard. He's just like, Hey, I like sports. I'm here for work with a client, whatever. But he was saying, and, and I know he's being honest. He's like, dude, take all that stuff. I got free food. I got free booze. He's like, dude, I'd honestly be rather watching this game at home and not have to leave. Cause you know, I got to work in the morning and I got a kid and I'm in my forties. Do you think most fans are like that? Well, let me tell at you, this point, let me tell So I obviously went to the game yesterday in Vegas stadium. Awesome. By the way, is it awesome? Really, really well done. Um, real quick on that. Give me a little comparison contrast with SoFi. better. Why? Um, way more walkable, way more. Um, it feels smaller. It's only uh, 5,000 seats smaller, but it feels way smaller. Um, you know, the, the video board at SoFi, we've, we've done the video board at, um, SoFi, we've done the Jerry dome thing where it's like these mega boards, the Vegas stadium has no board over the field, just in the corners, just, just on the sides. Yeah. It's better. Cause now you feel like you're in this like thing where it's like, you're there. Like I was in a 300 level. Where it's like, that's not a part of my fucking thing. Like, you you kind of feel cool, great that you're like in this building watching this game, and this like all this shit's not like hanging in your way. When you find when you need the the video boards they have are big, so when you need them, you can find them. But just like boards placed in the right thing, everything black, you know, that's not that's not like a part of like that has to be a part of something. Everything's black big window that faces the strip um you know you see the whole vegas strip out the window it's pretty dope that's cool but i'll tell you what at this point with the cost of everything and i know your brother's like oh i got free food but you i mean you're talking about the cost of just getting to the game the cost of parking the cost of whatever god forbid you actually have to pay for food and booze or whatever my feeling is on this I love being at a sporting event when like there's a moment, you know what I mean? Sure. You can't like, if that game had come down to fourth and one on the one for the win, it's like, there's nothing like being there. Unfortunately. And I think this is a special, especially in the NFL these days. What portion of these games are just fucking bad? Like, even if your team wins, it's just like, ah, oh, it's, it's a pretty bad game. It's like, I like when I'm watching at home, it's like, oh, well, this game's kind of boring. What about this game? What's going on in this game? I can sit at home. I can do my thing. I can check out a bunch of different games. Now, I would prefer only watching the game I'm trying to watch in person if you could almost guarantee it was a good game, but that just doesn't always happen. And it's like to to do all that work and go there, and then you're like, even if your team wins, but it's just like a, uh, this was like, 
this would be a game I'd be scrolling on my phone or watching or switching over to red zone every once in a while. If I was watching it at home, then you're like, man, it's a lot of work for like a meh game. Like, I don't even know if Raiders fans yesterday, like had a good time at that game. Cause it's just like, it was a terrible game. Like, yeah. And, and the other, that game. well, and the other thing too, is if you take out the party scene, right? Like if you, if you're not a big boozer and you're not tailgating, if you take that out and you're right and it's a meh game, how much of that do you want to be there? Now, look, we've both been to some great games. I'm so glad that you and I got to see Rams Chiefs in that epic high scoring. Yeah. Game. To, to be there live. Nothing's better than that. The, the energy in that stadium w- was pretty amazing. But I think the NFL was smart about that, right? Like they they build up the fantasy. They build up gambling. Sunday ticket. NFL red zone. All all these things. Hey man, you don't gotta leave your house. But you're right. It's it's definitely not the same. You, the the energy, you can feel the energy in a stadium, especially a football stadium. But god damn, I would not want to bring my kids. I'll tell you that much. The amount of fights I see at the stadiums on social media, tailgating. I I, I just don't get it. Why are grown men wanting to fight? They have absolutely nothing else they care about at all. That's but why. normally it's I saw one this morning, a local one here. I was on Twitter. It's these two idiot Bengals fans just brawling, tailgating, and I'm like. Like what, like what one's in a mixing jersey, one's in a burrow jersey. I'm like, what the fuck are you guys fighting over? Some nonsense. I don't know. Like, I like I just I just think time that's definitely changed, I think, with the times as far as the fights. I saw something, and that's and what else has changed is now 80% of power five conferences offer booze at their college football games. Wow. And that just used to not be a thing. Yeah. Most, most college games used to be dry. All dry. I remember going to, I remember going to so many games in in my college experience, you know, visiting other schools where buddies had friends never booze there. Yeah. You're just doing all your partying before you're sneaking in a flask or something. But now you're going to have that there as well. It's too much money to be left on the table. They got to make all that money and then give 11 cents to the, the war in <laughs> Afghanistan or whatever. Uh, no one they're like, they're like we, we, they're like, we have to make some money so that we can give some money to the military so that the military can murder and cover up Pat Tillman's death. <laughs> Wounded warrior. <laughs> Like, whoa, hold, what? What are you guys doing here? How is this working exactly? Yeah, well, that's an interesting... Uh, I never thought of it that way, but that's true. That is true. And no one's going to call... I'm talking any of these causes. No reporter will ever have the balls to say anything to Roger Goodell. No reporter. You remember when that NFL Network reporter called him out as far as minority hiring last year he had the stats 
You got fired. Like instantly. The NFL is basically the mafia. Right? Oh yeah. Like it's it's run like that. So we got a lot of calls today, which we'll get to. Just want to give a heads up. Shout out to all the dirt balls for the calls. And before we get to some other sports, I want to remind everybody, you got to come to New Orleans, guys. It's right around the corner. Yeah. I'm going to make a hard sell right now. December 16th, we have an Airbnb. Like, we, it's almost like our own little real world with old comics in their 40s. DSHQ. There you go. Prano's headline. If you're a white shows. comedian in your 40s, or in Pizza Star's case, early 50s. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing him under the bus. He does a great joke about it, which I won't spoil uh, here. Um, but yeah, man, it's going to be a fun, fun, fun trip. Uh, I'm excited. At this point, I'll be probably rooting for the Saints, but we, uh, we've we got we've got some tickets in uh, for the game. We've got tickets available for the podcast, tickets available for the shows. I'm sort of trying to funnel um, dirt balls to the seven o'clock show. I think that's what we're we're gonna funnel you guys. So go on there. Uh, if if you're coming to the nine o'clock show, don't worry about it. Like if you've already made that decision, it's okay. Um, but I might have a big group that might try to make it out to our nine o'clock show. So uh, go comedy house, Nola, get some tickets. If you go to the seven o'clock show, you can buy a bundle. Two tickets, the the show ticket and the podcast ticket for 30 bucks. It's a $10 discount. Uh, get your tickets. Um, shout out to CT. Um, hit him up on Twitter. Um, he's coordinating with a bunch of people. Uh, he, he can tell you where the seats are uh, for the football game. And it's going to be awesome. We've I, I was just talking to my manager who came to Vegas. I was like, I've already got like a pretty, like the itinerary is like pretty solid already. I mean, we've got a plan for Friday night. You know, we're going to meet at Port of New Orleans Brewing Co. It's right around the corner from DSHQ. Uh, we go from there, probably he head out in the town, maybe in that area, Garden District or something like that for the first night out. Saturday morning, just seems crazy for 30 dirt balls not to roll up on Cafe Du Monde and all eat beignets and have coffee. Maybe go out and get a daytime cocktail quick before... Everybody goes home and freshens up for the show. Then we've got a four o'clock podcast, a seven o'clock show, a nine o'clock show. I'm thinking probably a Saturday night bourbon street, maybe end at Lafitte's, have some of that purple drink um, and just have, you know, a night out in the town. Sunday morning, get up pregame. little barbecue, maybe by the stadium, get in there, watch the game. And then Sunday night. I mean, that's just going to be anything goesville. One request I have is that you guys have some edibles for me. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, first of all, I my edibles stay packed. I, I've, I've, TSA, if you're watching this, I have edibles and mushrooms in my, in my razor kit the whole time. Shout out to our good friends at uh, Manscaped for the leather satchel that I keep my drugs in. <laughs> that's hilarious. Well, big vote tomorrow. That's that's on the ballot here in Ohio. I'd be shocked if it doesn't pass. And if it actually if it doesn't pass, I am rioting. Like if we don't legalize this shit in Ohio, your girlfriend's I, I, like, "Yeah, you're gonna drive your little baby hatchback to the riot." 
you better better take out the the kid's car seat so that you have room in your hatchback for your riot gear. Uh dude, I I have so many the amount of nicknames people. My brother calls it the condom mobile. I've been called the tampon. Like, the condom mobile? I don't even know what that means. Because condoms are for hatchbacks. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like everybody, like it's been called a tampon, condom mobile. Like everybody has these nicknames for it. And and yeah, and like especially my brothers are like they think it's the funniest. Oh, you fucking little car, fucking like yeah, make fun of it. Fucking runs great. You know, I'm a. I you know. I've always I always thought first of all I drove your car a few times. It drives great. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It, it also just suits you. I, I mean, I, I, feel, I feel like it suits you. I feel like it's a it's it's a very suitable Andy Ruther car. You went from the old Toyota. You upgraded to the new Toyota. Boom. I mean, it works, you know? Yeah. Now, look, if, if we have a second kid, it, it's not good for two kids. Like, that's just the truth. Two car seats ain't fitting in that thing. They have to upgrade. Right. If if another Andy comes into this world, another mini me. But, like, I mean, right now? Well, I, I see... If that happens, Andy, I think you just stick with the vibe. I think you drive that Toyota directly to the Toyota dealership and you say, listen, I need a Sienna. Well, hit me with a minivan. No, that's when you give up on life. No, see, I'll, this is another, this is another car hot take, car hot take for you. I think minivans underrated. <laughs> no, dude, 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 dude that's where seat, I draw the line. Put the seats down. You just have a van, dude. You just put whatever you want in there. <laughs> You're literally going to a riot. Great. You're taking your whole gang out for drinks. You're a sober driver. Now you're putting eight dudes in your minivan. So I said to my buddy, I know he didn't like because he's got a minivan, like over text. He said the same. He's like, dude, get if you because you get a second kid, you know, I, I get it. Your car will be too small. Get a minivan. I was like, no, because that's to me, that is. That's and, and obviously I know plenty of people with minivans. I know a guy. Who had a minivan for years before he had kids? <laughs> That's just a pedophile. <laughs> I was just like, dude, I I think it's baller. I think it's a baller move. And also, you're already a Toyota man. Those Siennas, they look dope, dude. They do a Toyota. Uh, they do a Toyota Corolla, a mini, a mini uh, SUV now. I think it's the, it's the Corolla Cross. I'm just, I could just continue that Corolla. Yeah, but the minivan is, I, I don't know. Like, obviously, I see them every day when I drop her off at daycare. The minivan is just, like I said, that there's already so many things where I said I'd never do. And of course, I've done them. Dude, I, you will be, you will, I, I'm, I'm preparing dirt balls for it now. I've always been a big car guy. Like, I could have a minivan with just surf, surfboards in it. You would you not roll just, around in a minivan. Absolutely would. <laughs> Unbelievable. Absolutely would. You roll around single Joe Prano in his fucking 40s of the minivan. Absolutely. I believe we're going golfing. We're going surfing. Guess what? We don't have to choose. It's all in here. Okay. I'm going to give you two options. Brand new Honda Accord or brand new minivan. Oh, no doubt about it. A minivan. You can go a minivan. Absolutely. I want, uh, uh, let me tell you something. I want nothing to do with just like a plain old sedan. Nothing to do with it. Now I'm like, oh, do the seats go down? The science line, blah, blah, blah. You know? That's the first question I ask when I go to the 
when I get a rental car anywhere, I'm like, the seats go down. They're like, they do. But then there's a weird whole situation where you can only, I'm like, nah, I'll take the minivan. Put some flames on the side. Josh Dobbs is kind of a minivan, huh? Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Right? Like, a minivan, you, you can transform into different things. Josh Dobbs, man, going from team yeah. to team. Yeah. And at the end of the year, after he gets after he has a Cinderella Toyota Sienna playoff win, they're going to be like, you know what? We should go back to that Accord. That Accord was nice. Ooh, Kirk Cousins is a Honda Accord. Kirk Cousins, no, he, is a, Kirk Cousins is a Honda Accord that that blew an engine, and they've it's been replaced. Kirk Cousins is a Honda Accord that's had that had a bad accident, and it's technically like the Carfax are not good. They're like, this is a salvage title, and you're like, yeah, it's Kirk Cousins. No, I think Kirk Cousins is more of like the Mercedes BMW, where everybody's everybody's they they bought the illusion. Yeah, right? but not out not out of the gate, right? We might have we might have uh, come on to something new. I mean, we, I mean, we definitely compared quarterbacks to pizzas. Yeah, but like, you know, you compare them to cars. So you put a little baseball in the rundown. I'll, I'll, I'll let you hop in here with a little baseball. Talk well, it was just right it was now. just a it was just a very fascinating day in managerial musical chairs. Um, there's been talk the whole week that. You know, the Mets hired uh, David Stearns, who used to work for the Brewers. Everything pointed to um, Craig Council would be the next Mets manager. Then it came out that uh, Craig Council would not be he would he would be staying with the Brewers if they matched his offer. So then it was all of a sudden, is he just courting the Mets because Steve Cohen has so much money and he's trying to get, you know, more money from the Brewers. And then everybody was like, well, Steve Cohen's not going to get outbid. So yeah. he's, he's just going to end up the manager in the end does neither has become the manager of the Chicago Cubs out of nowhere. And the Mets who fired Buck Showalter basically solely on the grounds that they were hiring Craig council are now hiring Yankees bench coach, Carlos Mendoza, which safe to say a stein, a sign stealing, uh, uh, you know, conspiracy is about to happen because I mean, Carlos Mendoza also famously stole jokes from Ari Shafir. So safe to say he's going to steal signs from <laughs> other teams. I did not see that one coming. A Carlos Mencia reference. Oh, is that it? Yeah. Fuck. I thought we hired Carlos Mencia. I thought <laughs> apparently you were really we hired. Yankees bench coach Carlos Mendoza. I thought you were going to go with a little Mendoza line. Yeah. What is the Mendoza line? Why? Why I mean, did they say that? Uh, there's a there was a light hitting shortstop back in the day. I think like the '60s or the '70s named Manny Mendoza. He could he could field, but he couldn't hit. So then they made the Mendoza line two hundred. Two hundred. Mario Mendoza. Maria. Mario. Mario. We actually have a baseball call for you, Joe. I'll, right. See, look, this this is a great segue because it's a, it's a managerial call as well. Right. You're talking managers. I'll, I'll 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 allow the one baseball call for the next six months, so we can we can put that up there. What's going on, guys? It's Jose, the one and only, presumably 
Cuban third ball from Miami. Um, just a quick uh, little baseball call to bother Andy and uh, maybe extend the baseball talk for a couple more minutes. Uh, first off, obviously, congrats to the Rangers. First title in, like, what, 60-something years? Ever, Big. bro. Um, but my question for Joe, because I know Andy doesn't care, um, do you think Bruce Bochy is now the best modern manager in baseball? Because I, I think with this ring, he pretty much surpassed Otori in my eyes. Um, just like the, the little adjustments he makes in game, in big games particularly, are just ridiculous. Like, for example, in the uh, the bottom of the sixth, he pulled Chapman, even though he had two outs. But he had a man on base, and then the guy who came in, Josh Boers, pretty much closed out the game. So, you know, those little things to me that kind of elevate him in my estimation. But, yeah, that's about it. Um, yeah, what do you think about that, Joe? And, uh, oh, shout-out to Mike Maddox, uh, the Rangers pitching coach, and Greg Maddox's brother for, um, for winning his first ring. And shout out to my boy El Bombi, Adolis Garcia, man. He had a great postseason run with, with those big ass bikes up All right, that's about it, boys. Have a good one. Give the shout outs. Well, this is a great question for two reasons. One, I have a lot to say about it. But two, um, we talked about this on the Dirty Slides podcast, me and Andy Lazarus, uh, which we did prior to the uh, clinching game five. So check that out if you want to get this conversation a little bit more in depth. But the conversation that we had was essentially um, Andy said, do you think Bruce Bochy is the best 21st century manager? Um, which, uh, you know, because he said Joe Torrey, I, I guess, extends a little bit back from that since Joe Torrey won a few of his titles in the late 90s. But uh, we'll we'll use him in this situation as well. Um, the guys that we threw out there were Tori, Larusa, um, uh, Francona, who obviously got Boston their title that uh, after the long curse, uh, multiple titles, and then went to Cleveland and got them to a World Series. And we basically decided that yeah, it's Bochi because as great as Tito was in Boston and in Cleveland, uh had he been able to win the one in Cleveland, it would be hard to argue because then he's taking two franchises with long, um, you know, world drought. series drought yeah. and, 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 you know, real serious franchises, uh, historical baseball franchises. It'd be hard to argue, but Bochi with the multiple titles in San Francisco and a title in his first year in Texas, their first ever and taking the Padres to a world series. Yes, we agree. He is the the best modern Major League Baseball manager. But if you want that conversation more in depth, go there. We we talk a little bit more about it. Do managers go on tirades anymore? I kind of miss that. Go on tirades? I'm sure you get, you get the one every once in a while, right? I like the Lou Pinella throwing the base type of shit. Yeah. It's sort of the Bobby Knight thing. They're like... It's like there's a point now where it's like it's too so far where you're like okay we don't really give a fuck. Yeah, no, I do. I want I want that to come back. Get here's here's my pitch. Get me into baseball by managers chucking bases, throwing stuff on the field. 
I could say I was there, you know. I was there when he chucked a whole bag of baseballs in the field. No? Nothing? Now, since we're talking baseball, your boy, long video statement, how do you feel about the potential end of the Joey Votto era in Cincinnati? I think Joey Votto is a great player, great person. He's also not worth $20 million for another year. So as critical as I've been of the Reds lately, I mean, that's the right move. Bye forever. Look, I, I think he's obviously a borderline Hall of Fame guy. I feel bad for him that he was stuck on the Reds all those years. But again, dude, you're batting 200 the last two years. You're 20 million on the books. They got a bunch of young, good players. I think they could possibly contend, right? I mean, they did for a playoff spot this year. So, yeah, you hate to see it, but, right? That's life. I mean. Yeah, tough window for him to draw to be a career red, but. You know, everybody's and, and good And honestly, good guy for sticking it out that long. Could have yeah. easily forced his way out and went went elsewhere. I think there's a good potential he has a future after the game in broadcasting. Everyone's saying that. I, I I only hear good things about Joey Votto. Like I've never heard a, a negative thing. And I also keep hearing he might, you know, they keep saying Blue Jays, does he go home? You know, utility guy got off the bench, right? That wouldn't be a utility guy. What utility guy can do? Yeah. Is, is it? No. Utility guy, a guy who can play a lot of positions, which Joey yeah. Votto can't play any at this point. But <laughs> um, I mean, maybe late in defensive replacement, maybe pinch hitter, maybe just, you know, low, low salaried uh, clubhouse guy. Very important in the game of baseball um, and doing it in Toronto. I could see it. It is funny seeing how dumb fans are. I did like to read the comments under the Reds official statement on, on Instagram and on Twitter. The amount of angry. How are you letting him go? It's just like, do you guys not understand how this works? $20 million a year for $200 for a 200 hitter. Like, do you want to win or do you not want to win? I mean, you know, it, it, this, this is your girlfriend's car all over again. Like, what am I paying for? Just a name? So he sticks around? It's costing me an arm and a fucking leg. We can replace him with a Toyota Corolla. We like him. He's great, but he's not worth it. Oh, 100%. Yeah. You know, at this point, I've just conceded it. I think I think sports fans might be dumber than political fans. I think I'm ready to concede that. There was a moment there where you could have been right, and then a war broke out in Israel and Palestine, and then I'm like, wow, I've never seen so many bad opinions. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I think there's a lot of bad political opinions for sure, but I just like the, I don't know. I think maybe the, the Homerism and both have Homerism, but like, I don't know. Again, like that's a prime example of like, it doesn't mean the Reds hate Joey Votto. Like they literally gave him a massive deal. It just means he's at the end of his, of his shelf life. So on the opposite, We'll segue into a little, little Victor Wemby. What's his first yeah. name? Yeah, is it is that Victor? Yeah, Wembyama. I haven't watched. He's playing pretty well, huh? 
Bro, how have you not watched? It's Wemby Mania. Is that what they're calling it? Dude, the other night he had 38. I saw that. He's pretty, like, I mean, for how fucking skinny he is. Like, I mean, we've talked about it over and over and over again. How tall and all the things that come with that knock on wood because he's super fun to watch. I, at this point, have a full, I mean, I know this conspiracy theory has been tossed around since the day it happened. But I am 100% convinced at this point that they knew the best chance for him to be great right out of the gate was to go to pop in San Antonio. I'm convinced that the NBA made that happen um, because a guy with his skill set just like so easily, you know, Oh, he's a bust, blah, blah, blah. Like he's not, dude, he's been incredible. He's essentially unguardable. It's really just like this. He, he's still learning the game enough where it's like, he misses the shot or he fucks it up or whatever, but there's no, there's no like stopping him from getting the ball in the post. There's no like blocking his perimeter shots. There's just like, it's just like, there's not, he's just too big. It's too good. He's, he's, he's already made like some incredible plays. I mean, if you're a basketball fan at all and you're just, I know we're easing into basketball season as we always do now. And, and the NBA has, is trying to combat that. They have the in-season tournament, all that stuff. Um, it's worth, like, just, you know, if you have, if you keep an eye out for Spurs on, you know, NBA game of the week, NBA game of the night, it's fun to watch, man. He is already, like, an incredible player. And they're really, like, you know, they're like, he's limiting his minutes a little bit, really, like, letting it kind of happen. and. Right now, he looks like he could be, you know, an elite player in the NBA, like within a couple of seasons. So it's like this is the unicorn of unicorns. He's a unicorn riding a unicorn riding like a fucking rocket ship. It's crazy to see. So you're saying it's must see TV? It's must see TV if you're a basketball fan. Absolutely. Or, or it's like, hey, get in the car when they come to Indiana and see him against the Pacers type of thing. Yeah, I would. Which are probably cheap seats. How are the, like the Pacers aren't good, are they? No. I mean, also I got to imagine it's Indianapolis. Like they got to be pretty cheap, right? Yeah. I like, I, I had that conversation with my buddy once we were like, we always say it'd be great to have courtside seats. And we're like, where could you get the cheapest NBA courtside seats? It would have to be a market like that, right? Probably. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I got a I'm minivan. I got a minivan to buy. I know. I was going to say, pack the minivan up. You guys drive, go to Indy. F- like five dudes in the minivan. The Wemby van. I might get a silver and black Toyota Sienna and just call it the Wemby van. Just drive I, people, I would love basketball. Drive actually. people to Wemby Mania games. We didn't talk about the dude's thong. <laughs> That's right. Brandon said this to me before the show. I don't know if you guys saw this on TikTok. This is insane. So the guy, uh, was it Turban, gets tackled outside, out, out of bounds on the uh, Cowboys. And it takes out a coach and the Eagles. And the coach gets <laughs> coach gets off. Look at this. He's got a red, red thong. He's got a red fucking thong. 
this just after the mention of the thong song on last episode. This is unbelievable. I love when people catch stuff like this. Andy, let me ask you something. I'm, I'm, and I'm, no. I mean this to- totally seriously. When you see that, just a li- just like a smidge of a friend. We, were t- we talked about Caleb Williams before crying on the sideline. Just a smidge of a percent. Just, I'm, not, I'm not talking about 1%, but any any higher than 0.0000000 repeating, does this t- does this make the Philadelphia Eagles less contenders? They just found out that one of their coaches is in a thong on their sideline. What is going on in that locker room? It just likes to wear a thong, man. Dude, no. Like, I was like, you know what? The Eagles are eight and one. <laughs> I was like, the Eagles are eight and one. The 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 Niners have struggled. They've had these injuries, lost three in a row. I'm like, I'm back on the Niners are going to the Super Bowl out of the end. Because of the guy wearing a thong? He's wearing a he, first of all, he's wearing a Niners red thong. I've put on a thong before, as we know, on July 4th. And put it on under your pants and gone to work? Never done that. <laughs> I, my my bigger thing is like, dude, it's not comfortable. Just free ball it. Why you want some dental floss in between your ass? I'm saying it on record right now. Clip this for the for the socials. If one of your coaching staff is wearing a red thong on the sideline, I'm not betting on you to win the Super Bowl. I'm not doing it. We're talking about Caleb Williams crying. He's emotional about the game. Now we have at, at this point we don't know. Do, it is, is Nick Sirianni's entire coaching staff in red thongs? I haven't seen anybody else's underwear. Right now, as far as I know, the entire Philadelphia Eagles coaching staff wears women's lingerie under their coaching uniforms. And we're concerned that this guy's upset that he lost the game. He's crying. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going down this rabbit hole, and this is absolutely amazing. Somebody wrote Tush Push. <laughs> oh, bless it. I mean, this is too funny. I don't think it affects them, man. I feel like you're joking, not joking. I'm joking, not joking. You know what I wonder? Oh, it'll be tough to find because he tweets so much. I want to know what Black Sports Online had to say about this. <laughs> I want to I want to see what his headline is. Well, the headline on his website is Social Media Sleuths believe they spotted someone wearing a red thong against the Cowboys on the Eagles sideline. <laughs> Parentheses video. <laughs> I'm not, I, there's too many tweets. I can't. I can't scroll back. It would be crazy if it was if it was revealed that was a uh, a Niners thong. Until I until I have further information, I'm assuming Nick Sirianni's entire coaching staff is forced to wear women's lingerie under their uniforms. And for that reason, I'm out. I think you're, you're just looking for reasons to hate on the Eagles. 
I do. Do you think I need reasons to hate on the Eagles? I've met yeah, Eagles. Yeah, fans. I think you're looking I've, for more reasons. I've met. No, I've met Eagles fans. I have all the reasons that, and this isn't even me hating on them. I'm just saying I'm out. You're out on the Eagles because of the thong guy. Well, I'm until I know otherwise. I'm assuming that the entire coaching staff is in red thongs, and that's 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 weird. Like, what kind of weird cult thing is happening here? Show me somebody else's underwear on the sideline. I just love again that somebody spotted this. Yeah, somebody was watching the game, and then they turned into Leonardo they did, DiCaprio. Yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio. I mean. <laughs> Yo, what the fuck? Is that guy wearing a thong? And again, we talked about viewing a game at home versus live. That's when you're like, I'm glad I'm at home. I spotted the guy's thong. You know what's great? And everybody, I know social media is a fucking pain in the ass a lot of times but what's great is these things because 20 years ago you saw that at home and it went nowhere and you just had to believe that you didn't see it <laughs> you called your buddy and you're like dude ryan you're not gonna believe did you see that eagles coach is wearing a thong and he's like what are you talking about no man like i got tackled out of bounds he's wearing a thong yeah and they just had to believe you all right let's get to some dirt ball calls 310 359 8365. That is our hotline. We'll start with a, a quick hitter. Um, because I'll answer it real briefly. What up, guys? Hungover dirtball here. Uh Ruther. Dude, Google image search Jennifer Lawrence leaked nudes. How the fuck do you not know about this, bro? I'm gonna blow your mind. That's it. That's the call. Stop fucking figuring it out. I'm telling you, man. It's the promised land. <laughs> the promised land. Uh, dude, I already knew. I've I, that's I've I've had that hangover. He that's he's like I'm hungover. Uh, dr you're drunk is what you are, bro. You're still <laughs> drunk. But I I knew I've seen her nudes, dude. I knew that. I, I think for me it was a bigger deal that like she did it full frontal on screen. Maybe I didn't convey that well enough. Not many women have done full frontal on screen. Yeah. And again, that was a, another excuse for me to watch it. Like, yeah, she does full frontal. So now it does look kind of AI generated. It's kind of funky. But yeah, Prano's right. You're still drunk, bro. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll get through. Some of these are quick hitters. Here's another quick hitter. Ruther, the fappening. Google it. 2016, bro, is a big deal, bro. He's like, two girls, one cup, man. It's amazing. They eat shit, dude. Did they ever decide if that was shit or ice cream? Well, I mean, I have no idea. It's Kim and I have an asshole, so I don't, I mean, like, it's shit. Was it? Well, if it came out of, like, if I, I eat ice cream, if I eat ice cream and then eventually it comes out of my asshole, that's shit. Like if it's coming out of my asshole, it's shit. By the way, I, I think I have to completely change my diet. I had severe diarrhea again. Like, like you know how I had it Friday? No, yesterday. I I I said this many. Here times. we go. The shit update. Yesterday was the worst, like ever. Ruth Andy Ruther's tales from the poops. And and poor Roscoe's dealing with severe diarrhea with his pancreatitis. 
Him and I both had it. <laughs> you know, I'll put on my list of like worst things. There's nothing worse. She to take him to the vet again. There's nothing worse than having to watch an uh, eight month old while you have massive diarrhea. Like, I can't wait to tell Isla when she's older. There was multiple times I put her in the baby Bjorn and she just sat in the bathroom while I was like exploding dumb and dumber style. Where is she? Like, well, you can't just leave her in the other room. Well, she's at that age. She'll get into shit. I could. She's not walking around, right? No, but like she's basically army crawling, near crawling. I mean, I could put her in something, but like I knew it was going to be you a, while. a little pen. I could. She was she was real fussy yesterday though. So it wasn't wasn't a good day for it. Normally she's not. Normally she's chill. Yeah. So she came in the bathroom a couple of times while I was just literally. Poor wild. Isla. Poor Isla. You're not gonna she have just, to tell her. You're not gonna have to tell her. She's gonna tell you that she had to go to a therapist and that they 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 uncovered these memories that she had. She had been. Well, look. You know, you know, this, I, I told her actually while I was doing it, I talked to her, right? I'm like the circle of life. One day you're going to actually, it's not the circle of life. It'd be the same thing. You're going to be watching me shit again. You're going to be cleaning it off this time though. Cause I'm going to be so old. All right. Here's another quick hitter for, for me. Joe and Andy, what's going on boys? This is Zane Dallas dirt ball. Um, listening to, uh, this most recent episode, Andy, you mentioned something that um, made me think of a question. And so to preface this, I'll give you a little background. I uh, just recently graduated college, but I last listened when I was in high school, so probably five or six years ago at this point. Um, and the whole thrusting and um, thrust the process and like, you know, the merch had just come out and stuff. And then going to college, I didn't really have time to listen to to the pod that much. So um, I, I, I've been away for a few years, but I picked it back up now, now that I'm commuting to and from work a bunch. Uh, and so I was just curious if I could get a little insight maybe for the guys that have, have taken a break here or there, but are back listening now. Um, is thusting is still a thing? Where are we at in this process? Did we, uh, did we full Sixers get through the process? And now we're just stuck with, Pretty hard, and where are we at in this thrusting process? Um, but yeah, that's all I got, boys. Um, stay dirty. Condoms are for the fucking Packers of Jordan Love. Packers suck. Uh, yeah, stay dirty. I, I love. First of all, welcome back, Zane. I love that he took like a five or six year hiatus from the show. Also, Zane, you couldn't listen while you're in college. Like, how busy were you, bro? <laughs> I know we, you know, can go to two hours an episode. Uh, that's you know, Andy, the by the way, has a daughter now, and yeah. uh, he moved back to Cincinnati. I don't know if you heard that. Yeah, moved back to Cincinnati. Lots happened, lost both my parents. Uh, I have a Corolla hatchback, you'll be hearing about that on this episode if you listen to pretty earlier. regular diarrhea. I have a diarrhea problem. Andy, Ruth, uh, they're not allowed in pools because you have to be 14 days since your last diarrhea, <laughs> so just he's just not eligible. It, it's almost like like Zane was like in a coma. <laughs> He's like Encino Man, and he just woke up. What happened? Donald Trump was president, bro. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, some references for those who don't know what he's talking about 
it was during the trust the process Philadelphia 76er thing. And I wrote on my dry erase board, which is still here, by the way. I'm still looking at it. It's made it from California to back to Cincinnati. I was trying to write trust the process, but I. No, you were trying to write thrust the process. Oh, that's right. You were trying to write thrust the process. Like hump the process. Yeah. But instead you wrote thrust. <laughs> we literally made shirts out of it. Thrust yeah. the process. Probably the best shirts we ever had. Except maybe the one you're wearing. Ah, oh, this one's great. Yeah. I love I love the old school calls. Okay. Appreciate where it. are we in the process? Did we figure that out? Has no, where are been, we? I don't know. That's, process I'm, I'm fucking dad now, bro. Like yeah. this is this this is the processes. Yeah. So you're so in a way you're still thusting the process. It's just the process has changed. Yeah. The, the process has changed, but the thusting remains. Yeah, like now the thusting, the minute the show ends, I'm going to get it loaded, pick up Roscoe from the vet, and then pick up my daughter from daycare. Brittany will come home from work. I'll probably grill us some food. Like, this is my thusting. I'll say this, Andy. I, I feel like, unlike the Sixers, you know, the Sixers kind of like bailed on the process, but then they 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 rejangled the process. We've... uh. You know, the, the process has taken some twists and turns, but I think it's safe to say if you're looking at the um, status bar of the process above it, it says thusting, you know, dot, dot, dot. It just keeps saying thusting, thusting, and it's moving closer and closer. feels like it's reaching 100% December 16th in New Orleans, 1,000th episode. Our, our status bar doesn't go zero to 100. It goes zero to 1,000. And we'll finally reach that thousand. So Zane, welcome back. We're doing a thousandth live episode in New Orleans. If you hadn't heard about it, you guys should come. Be there for the end of the process. The process. Be there while the when the process gets completed. Yeah, it's a great way of putting it. We're gonna be we're gonna be catching the process. We're gonna be making a football move with the process. We are gonna complete the process. Let's do one more call. And then we'll save a few for next episode. I appreciate the calls. This is uh, an interesting discussion. What's going on, boys? It's Randy Ruther's cousin, Arizona Dirtball Tyler here. I'm currently calling in right after game five of the World Series. Uh, back in 2016, after the Cavaliers won a title, I called the Dirty Sports Podcast to pitch Phoenix as the new most cursed sports city in America. And you guys agreed with me, I believe. But here we are seven years later, and I would like to revisit the subject and talk about how shitty my life is. Uh, here in Phoenix, we've got four major professional sports, and they all fucking hurt me. The Diamondbacks that just shit the bed in the World Series. Uh, obviously, we have the one in 2001, but I was five years old. I barely remember that thing. The Arizona Coyotes, our hockey team, have been terrible for 25-plus years. We have a conference finals appearance 11 years ago, and that's about it. The Phoenix Suns disappoint me literally every single season. They're going to do it again. And the Cardinals are the biggest dumpster fire in the NFL. I just don't think I can be happy. I don't know what this city did. I don't know why we're cursed. But my life is stuck for, uh, you know, 22 years now, 22 years since the Diamondbacks have won. 
we have all four sports and they all four suck. It's, I, I don't know. I don't know. Are there any other cities that stack up to this? Any other city has to go through the pain that I'm going through right now? I don't know. Uh, yeah. Stay dirty, boys. Uh, Prano, if I decide not to suck start a 12-gauge tonight, uh, let me know next time you're in Phoenix. We'll play some more golf. Have a good one, guys. Hope your night's going better than mine. So, Andy, I, you know how I know he's right? Your screen froze. But, yeah, but let me tell you something. I'm pretty sure... So I, I had a couple I had a couple dirt balls reach out about my uh, computer my tech issues. Somebody was like, "Make sure you have your uh, OS updated." I'm not joking. I think I'm running OS Phoenix right now. I'm not joking. I think that's the name of it. I think that's the current update. Is yeah, OS is. is OS Phoenix? And ever since I've had OS Phoenix. The curse of the Phoenix sports town has cursed the dirty sports podcast. Ever since I updated to Phoenix, we can't go a full episode without me freezing as if I am the diamondbacks in the world series. Like I am the Phoenix suns in the super in the NBA finals. Like I'm Carson Palmer in any big game for the Arizona Cardinals. It's unreal, but well, I, I actually, um, that was actually faster than I usually come back. But let me say this. He was like, I don't know what we did. Well, I'm pretty sure it's, I mean, if you look around Phoenix, you have just absolutely stolen the land from the natives and then used their entire culture as like the, the knickknacks everywhere. Like, eh, we're going to be the diamondbacks and we're going to have a bunch of teepees. And we're like, stop mocking the people that you stole the land from. This is clearly a native native American curse that you guys are under mm, the I curse like of the Bambino, the Billy goat. How about an entire nation's worth of people that you fucking murdered, driven to reservations and then stole their entire vibe and made it like your cute, things you put on mugs or put on your baseball teams yeah i never thought of the native american curse or oh, the coyotes oh we're the diamondbacks yeah land of the rising sun right yeah I mean, it's like everything that, in town's that... gonna be fucking turquoise so because we gave them five pieces of turquoise and said hope you enjoy it we're taking your state they're they're a newer sports town for sure obviously but they do have all four. That's why. That's why it's interesting. They have sucked in all four. The Cardinals have always sucked. Diamondbacks have one chip. The Coyotes have sucked. I mean, the Suns. For all four, it's tough. Like we've talked about droughts in sports towns. Phoenix. I mean. If you looked at all four without winning a title, I don't know off the top of my head who's going to beat them. Minnesota? Mm, Minnesota's an interesting one. You had Carson Palmer. They have the new Carson Palmer. No Super Bowls. You have the Twins winning in the 90s. T Wolves have sucked. Never won. Never even played in the finals. The Wild, terrible name for the record. Uh, are the 
are the WNBA team? No, that's the hockey team. Oh, oh, okay. They're the Lynx. Got it. I think they might have been decent recently, but they don't count. So, yeah, I said it. Um, we're talking about big four sports. Minnesota's up there. In fact, Minnesota might have you beat, man, with the history. Right? Also, a lot of Native American stuff over there. Lake <laughs> Minnetonka. Uh, you might be onto something. Yeah. It's like, don't mock them with all your shit, too. You know, like, just pretend they don't exist. Be like California and be like, no, we're, it's, they were Spanish. <laughs> You're like, no, bro, that's not how it works. Dude, at least you got, I mean, at least you got the World Series. Like, what is, what is, yeah, I think that's, that's got to be your hope. Like, I think the Diamondbacks will be all right. But who knows? Maybe they won't be until you guys purge the curse. Have you thought about a human sacrifice? Have you thought about a full full moon blood sacrifice to the to the gods there? But you know, the one thing you have, I'm I'm a fan of the Greater Phoenix area. I'm a fan of Arizona as a state, to be honest. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah. It's all right. I like it. I'm a, fan, I'm a fan of Arizona. Like I could live there is what I'm saying. All right. I got to get moving. 310-359-8365. That's our hotline. Joe performs stand-up comedy. Where is he performing? Yes. Thank you guys for coming out to see me at uh, Brad Garrett's Comedy Club. What a fantastic place. Brad Garrett, one of the nicest people I've ever met. Such a great guy. Um, I will be in... Alaska next week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, hitting the road with Pete Sestaro, doing Kenai, Wasilla, Anchorage, and some other place, something point. Um, come see me in Alaska. Then I'll be back here, and uh, then I'm going to be taking a personal vacation, but there might be, we might make some comedy into it as well in Hawaii week after thanksgiving and then of course in december we'll be we'll be going down to new orleans for the shows and the podcast to close out the process but follow me on all social media at joe prano on everything except for the artist formerly known as twitter where i'm still at fix your life uh follow me and keep an eye on my instagram especially where i always post um stories about my flyers and my shows and there's a calendar on a link tree there so just go follow all that and come see a show i'm sure i'll have shows in and around los angeles oh if you're a sports fan which you guys are because you listen to this and you live in greater los angeles on december 5th i'm doing a night of sports comedy at the Hollywood Improv Lab. Going to have a bunch of comedians doing their best sports jokes. People always come. Dirtballs always come to my shows. They're like, how come you don't do Bill Walton? How come you don't do this? How come you don't do that? Because uh, the crossover between comedy fans and sports fans isn't so great. But it does include all of you guys. So if you live in Los Angeles, come and get out all my sports jokes. Nice. There you go. Perfect. All right, guys. That's our show. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll be back on Thursday. Have a great week. And as always, stay dirty.